Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. Ah! With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? <laughs> Sean Ross, at managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com, and it is a big wrestling week. Don't forget we got our Raw, our SmackDown, our Wednesday Night War post shows. But this is the list in your boy. We've got, like, what, a bunch of news, Jimmy? We've got a bunch of interviews, a bunch of talking points. But this weekend, NXT TakeOver. we got Survivor Series. we got media calls today from Triple H. I'm going to be on one Saturday night. we just got a ton of stuff. It's, it's one of the bigger weeks of the wrestling year. we got my daughter's fifth birthday party on Sunday. Which I'd probably rather attend than some wrestling shows that I got to watch these days. Yeah, there's a there's a big uh, you know those indoor playground things you know. Oh yeah. There's a yeah. there's there's a big one just north of here, and I always book the entire joint, like I book the whole thing. And uh, my wife tells me we got thirty kids coming this year. So whew. wow, whew. wow. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that's gonna be a hell of a day, Nigel. <laughs> yeah. If if you guys want to party with us right now, send a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air live on YouTube.com slash Fightful here on the list. And you boy, that's the same for all of our shows. Raw, SmackDown, Wednesday Night War. We do that for all of them. Uh, if you want to ask unlimited questions, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. You're not too late. My Q&A show drops Thursday. I'm going to be answering uh, probably hundreds of questions. But we have Tim Traber saying to my Fightful family, I want to wish you all a happy holidays. Jimmy, did you see my holiday uh, Soul Train Jones video? Uh, I So I saw, you know, that it was there. Did I watch it yet? No, I didn't. But I saw that Good, it was don't. there. Oh, really? Is that bad? Good, don't at all. Okay. Uh, okay. But do go check out Jeremy Lambert's oral and audio history of Soul Train Jones and the influence that he had on the industry. Uh, Mr. Big Bad Bean says... <laughs> Thankful for the best pro wrestling news coverage on the planet. Keep it up, everyone. P.S. Who do we have to body slam to make Nigel a permanent on this show again? I guess he kind of is. He's he's temporarily permanent. Yeah, we got somebody lined up. But, okay. uh, but uh, I mean, you know what? It, it's kind of up to Nigel, but I know that Nigel kind of likes to be able to not stick around late on, uh, sure. on Wednesdays. We got somebody lined up. We'll see what happens. There's a couple things I want to talk about. Well, well there's still super chats, Oh, we got Jimmy. more. People are showering us. Showering. And, and thankfully, they're sending these super chats because, as one person says, really want to hear JV cut a promo on this whole DAZN YouTube situation. Yeah. Are you, are you that hip to it? Because Yeah, yeah. It, 
I mean, I, I I I check out. We have a Skype group with with everybody that's you know related to Fightful, and I check it out once or twice a day. The only thing I'm going to say is this, and Sean kind of knows this about me. I don't get bothered by a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, and Sean knows this. And when this whole thing first happened, because I they they YouTube put the strike against us before the thing even aired. Aired, yeah, yes. When this whole thing happened, and Sean was kind of a little bit, you know, pissed about it, and Melissa was also, I think, a little rattled by it. And I told Sean, this doesn't bother me because it's their automated filters. And, and I've kind of seen it before. And do their automated filters suck? Yes. But uh, it's just what it is, and so it doesn't yeah. bother me. And uh, If it were on this channel, it'd be a big problem. Oh, if it was on this channel, I would sue somebody. Because I, I don't live stream much on that channel anymore. Right. Like, even... Like I, I record the MMA shows that I do now. Very rarely do I go live. Yeah. Like for for instance, the next UFC pay per view, I'll be live after that. But it'll be live on this channel because what happened was DAZN or YouTube, they're both pointing the finger at each other, flagged our post Canelo review, post Canelo Kovalev review, as piracy. There was no yeah. content that even existed yet. Yep. Yeah. DAZN is blaming you, blaming YouTube. YouTube is blaming DAZN. I've had two counter notifications declined. I mean, quite frankly, the the difference in it being that channel and this channel, if it were this channel, it's it it, it affects us because it <clears> – apologies. I'm a little under the weather. It would basically take up the cost of one of our full-time employees, one of our full-time staff members uh, because we make a, a good deal of our – a good chunk off of Super Chats, and we wouldn't be able to get those. But yeah, uh, it's a pain in the ass. It's I think, so I, stupid. I think it was YouTube, and uh, and I was telling Sean there was a similar situation. I'm sure everybody that's a regular of this podcast remembers the dog pee girl. Yeah. Uh, so there was a situation with her where YouTube flagged her own video. So she posted her own video. YouTube flagged it, claimed that Barstool Sports had the copyright for it. Uh, and at first I thought it was a barstool sports thing, but then yeah. they, they, uh, they let the, the flag go and then somebody else came up as a flag for it. I, I even had Robbie Fox of barstool hit me up and say, Hey, that's really not something that we do. Right. Right. Like we don't really do that. So yeah. we'll it was YouTube. It's hundred percent YouTube and it's just, it's their automated filters. It's just not a very good technology. Yeah. The zone has, the zone has been trying to help me out with it, but they can't. Right. We also have Jay Lane that says, Hey, JV. I'm a Matthews Marner and Bari fantasy owner jumping for joy that Babcock has been fired. Go ahead, get your get your little hockey references out of the way. I am so the very top of my list this week, uh, the list of Jimmy Van, first thing I put in quotes was Mike Babcock fired today. And I was gonna mention this and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it in high level because you know people are not hockey fans and they don't give a shit. But I'm gonna explain it high level. Do you remember Sean when everybody thought Kawhi Leonard was gonna resign with the Raptors? Yes. In Toronto, because I don't know if they showed this uh, uh, in the news where you're from or in the U.S., but in Toronto, they actually tracked um, – so MLSE, uh, Major League, uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, they're the owners of the Leafs and the Raptors. So when rumors were out that Kawhi was going to resign, the MLSE private jet was actually tracked in the air, and they actually had it on the news constantly, tracked in the air until it landed in Toronto. Then they showed somebody that they said was Kawhi Leonard getting into a limo. They tracked the limo all the way into the city. It was absolute really? nonsense, and then, of course, he didn't resign. The reason this Mike Babcock thing is hilarious to me uh, I'm not a Leafs fan. I live in the market. I'm not a Leafs fan. Is because four years ago, when Mike Babcock was the uh, the coach of the Detroit Red Wings, and he had won Stanley Cups and had a lot of success there, and rumor had it that he was going to be going to the Leafs, they did the same thing. They had the MLSE jet go to Detroit to pick him up. They tracked it in real time on the local news all the way to Toronto. Then they showed the limo go from the airport down to the arena. And so much pomp and circumstance and hoopla that it's hilarious to me that four years later he's fired and they did not win one playoff round. It's hilarious because they made such a media circus out of it. Yeah. I'll tell you you what's hilarious. We're getting more Super Chats. Awesome. Justin Wally says, Jimmy, there's a C4 wrestling event in Ottawa, November 29th. Want to come? What's Tickets the, on me. What's the venue? What's the venue? Ask Justin. Him. Yeah, ask Rob him. Wilkins says, Jimmy, I know nothing has been said officially, but based off a tweet, it seems like Cody got a message from Jerry McDevitt. Now, that's because Cody had posted a tweet saying, uh, looks like I'll be going to court soon. Whatever. Bullshit. Let's go suit shopping. Well, I'll tell you this, guys. Doesn't always mean you got a message from Jerry McDevitt. It might be somebody 
apartment, but I, I don't want to necessarily speculate on what that may be. Obviously, Cody has done a very good job in wrangling some trademarks that usually WWE would not let go. Yeah, it's uh, no big deal. I mean, he got Match Beyond, which which was another name for War Games. The only Bash thing, at the Beach. Bash at the Beach, yeah. Stampede, let me just Battle say Bowl. this. Let me say this, because people aren't necessarily uh, educated when it comes to lawsuits. Most of the time, the case does not go to court. I don't know yes. what the percentage is. It's very high percentage. Does not go to court. They always settle out of court. Uh, and oftentimes, if you call somebody's bluff and they don't have a case, they just walk away anyway. Especially so, with WWE. Yeah, and so I actually uh, I, don't, I don't typically respond to uh, you know people uh, celebrities or whatever on uh, on social media. But when I saw a Cody Roach thing, I actually responded to him and I said, "Are you talking about jury duty? Because if it's I think I said if it's a northeastern company, uh, uh-uh. very unlikely yeah. that you're going to court." With WWE, especially if it's about a trademark, Sean, it'd yeah. be like their oh, lawyer, yeah. their lawyer, his lawyer. They get on a phone call, boom, settled, just like that. Yeah, I mean, MLW sold the War Games thing, and that was very savvy. I thought that was a good move. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Jay Lane also says before we get into the news, yeah, is Raw no longer the flagship show? No, it's not. I I, I don't think it is nope. the flagship show anymore. Nope. Uh, as soon as they got broadcast television, so the, the, the financial terms of the Raw and SmackDown contracts are very comparable. However, yeah. one is on broadcast television, one is on cable, uh, and in theory, you're going to get a lot more eyeballs and a lot more notoriety based on the, the broadcast television deal. As soon as that deal was signed, SmackDown became their flagship show. That's just how it is. Yeah, and look at the numbers, too. Yeah. Uh, Raw is doing $2.17 million. SmackDown did 2.35. It's winning the viewership each week yeah, as we'll, well. We'll see how long that holds up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's but. it's held up every well except for that 888,000 week, which yeah. was obviously an anomaly. An anomaly. But, yep. That's yeah, true. check out our wrestling TV viewership numbers on the Fightful Resources section. Hit, hit number one in SEO under TV viewership for wrestling on Google, Jimmy. Just saying. There you go. Uh, okay, one thing I want to mention before we get into the news here. So I, I think our longtime viewers know that I used to own and operate a wrestling news website years ago called uh, knowyournews.com, uh, a.k.a. jimmyvan.com. I ran it full-time from about 1997 until about 2002, and then part-time for about another three years after that. And then, you know, the advertising world came calling, and I, I folded the site. The reason I'm bringing this up is every now and then I'll get hit up by somebody that says, uh, are you the guy from knowyournews.com? You know, I get that every now and then. Yeah. And I even told Sean, James Lynch, who used to be our MMA editor and now he works for The Score, uh, the first time I ever met him in person and took him out for lunch, as soon as I uh, walked up to him, he looks at me and he goes, are you the Jimmy Van from knowyournews.com? Because he told me that he used to read the site. So a few weeks ago, uh, I got hit up by a girl named Rhiannon, and this past week I got hit up by somebody named Brandon Gordon, uh, both of them asked if I was the guy from Fightful or from uh, KnowYourNews.com, and it turns out that not only were they uh, visitors of that site, but they both actually worked for the site back then. They wow! Both, yeah, they both were administrators in the forum that we had. They both wrote articles. Uh, Brandon used to do Sunday Night Heat reviews back in the day, and imagine fifteen years ish since I folded that site and uh, and two people that used to work for the site in some capacity, they found me again because of Fightful.com, Sean. I love it. Isn't that interesting? I've, I've had a couple of people uh, that I interact with now that knew me from when I did like e-feds like 20 years ago. Right. Like where you'd write the little promos and stuff. That is – that's wild. It's like, very cool. You, you just never know. Yeah. Also – I mean, I, I find out people that wrote for like my favorite website, DDT Digest, back in the day that would do WCW review. Do my reviews now. I base it off of their format. Like it's wild to see people like that, and I don't know if I just assume that they evaporated into thin air. But those people do still exist, Jimmy. Oh yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do still exist. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll talk about one of the big stories of the week: uh, CM Punk. Being in yeah. Canada, I did not get to watch WWE backstage, but I also kind of did because the WWE on Fox Twitter account posted basically all of the highlights almost in real time, so I got to watch pretty much everything. Uh, there were two things from the Punk, uh, I was going to call it an interview because it kind of was with Renee Young, but his appearance, I guess. Two things uh, that I thought were interesting, and I love Renee Young in that role, I got to say. Love her in that role. She is tailor-made for that. She's amazing at it. Uh, and her and Punk have some good chemistry, too. So she asked him about uh, the possibility of an in-ring return. 
in WWE. And this was a quote from CM Punk. He said he hadn't talked to WWE, but, quote, it's nothing that I'm actively pursuing or interested in. And then he went on to say, quote, I know to not say no, uh, but there's some hurdles there, was what he said. My gut tells me, and I I have not talked to CM Punk, uh, money talks, WWE's got more cash on hand than ever with with these new TV contracts. I do think Punk is going to wrestle. I don't think he's going to wrestle full-time or part-time. But I think he will at least do one match. I think that WWE will have no problem throwing money at him. As I said with Randy Orton, you know, uh, driving the Brinks truck up to his house in order to get that match in. And I think it's going to happen. Everybody that I speak to in the company thinks it's going to happen. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. And and he's smart enough not to say no or, you know, he he says never say never because he knows. And and they're going to throw money at him and I think it'll get done. Now, Seth Rollins. We got to talk about Seth Rollins, Mr. Twitter, you know, genius or whatever you want to call him. A few, a few screenshots of some tweets regarding CM Punk I want to show you guys. Put up the first one, uh, Nadja. Hopefully we have them in the right order. Yeah, I think so. Okay, hopefully. So this came out last week right after Punk made his first appearance on Backstage. Seth Rollins uh, on November 13th, Fight Me CM Punk. Then after Punk was on Backstage uh, the first time, he posted something on Twitter Rollins, of course, had to respond. Do you have that one, uh, Nigel? This one? Yeah, so there's Punk's on the bottom where he said, it's weird trying to catch up five years of wrestling, bright spots, mostly women. There's bad, too. I'm going to talk about it. No one is safe. And then there's Rollins. Don't talk about me. Fight me. I'll catch her right up. Um, then on uh, backstage, here's a quote from CM Punk. He said, quote, Seth needs to stop tweeting, was his quote when asked about Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins can't let anything go. So he posted on Twitter after that and put it up the third one. Hell of a response, coward, from Seth Rollins. I love the fact that Renee Young, whose uh, husband, you know, is or was really tight with Seth Rollins, made a point of saying that he's lost his edge. Renee Young said that on a WWE not produced show, but a WWE yeah. content show, said that Seth Rollins has lost his edge. Um, here's my question for you. If Punk returns to the ring, which I think he will for at least one match, is Rollins the right opponent for him, do you think? Because obviously that's what they're trying to drum up, or at least Rollins is. I think Triple H is the biggest match for him. 100% but, agree. 100% agree. But I, I don't think that Seth Rollins is a wrong opponent for him, and Seth Rollins, for better or for worse, is kind of shoehorning himself into that. Uh, Seth Rollins has a lot of gifts. I mean, he's fantastic at a lot of different things. I don't know if the gift of gab is one of them. He can yeah. cut a good promo. He can talk great on the mic. I don't know if if you got that like MJF rock like type of ability to just insult someone off the cuff quite like those guys do out of Seth Rollins. But uh, was I at all concerned or interested in this match one month ago? No, not at all. Am I now? I'm significantly more interested. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not like they don't know each other. They they feuded with one another. They've they've had I'm pretty sure dozens of matches against each other. They've teamed with each other in the past. Yeah, the, I put up the thumbnail for the pod this week, and it's Rollins as the NXT champion and Punk as the WWE champion uh, when they had a match in NXT. Yeah, uh, they, and, they, and they tagged up in NXT too. I think they've worked together. Yeah, dozens of times. I yeah. mean, if you want to go watch a, a good pay per view quality match between those two. It exists already. It was I, I remember it plain as day. It was uh, the New Year's Eve Eve episode of Raw the, a month before Punk left. Like they they worked for almost 15 20 minutes I think. One on one. Like the match is out there if you want to seek it out. So yeah, uh, they yeah. they are very familiar with one another. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that Hunter is the right match and and some people might look at that and go, "Well, what do you mean? Hunter is like pushing 50 and he's not as great in the ring as he used to be." It's because everybody knows the backstory and they know the real life. And everybody knows that those guys hated each other and that Punk did the podcast with Gabbana and he talked a lot of trash about Triple H. If they would let those guys cut loose, and you know Hunter will do whatever the hell he wants anyway, and Punk will too. If they let those guys cut loose in the ring on promo work, it would be phenomenally entertaining. And so uh, that's the match I would love to see for WrestleMania. Now, of course, Survivor Series is this weekend. And lo and behold, where is Survivor Series, Sean, this weekend? Chicago. Chicago. And so people are speculating. Before we we really jump into that, the best storylines these days have a lot of elements of realism in it. For years, it's been like that. And I thought Cody and Jericho did an amazing job of taking something that was completely manufactured. And they they manufactured realism, Mm -hmm. which is not easy to bottle. 
CM Punk and Triple H don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've got a decade of history. Beyond that, 15 years of history. I think what it'll come down to is what are they allowed to say? Because obviously there's certain legalities. And and Punk would love to go in there and talk about, you know, you let me wrestle with a staph infection and all this kind of stuff, which, you know, Punk might think of doing anyway. L- when it comes to legalities and because there's others involved in that lawsuit, they got to be very careful that they tread lightly in those subjects. But uh, I think it'd be very entertaining. Now, people are going to speculate, Sean. Uh, there is less than zero chance CM Punk is going to be a mystery partner at the Survivor Series. And it's not often that I say less than zero chance. I think I said that about Randy Orton going to AEW, and I said that about The Rock letting The Fiend beat him down on SmackDown. Less than zero chance that CM Punk is going to be the mystery partner at the Survivor Series. Well, just to clarify that, Triple H was a little bit complicated in his response there. Uh, The day of... Uh, partner will be on Team Champa at War Games. It's not going to be necessarily Survivor Series, even though we don't have a lot of answers as to who is on the NXT teams at Survivor Series yet. Right, right. And I, I assume Balor's probably going to be one, which kind of makes sense. He's got a match with Riddle too, though, right? But I, uh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Mr. Jim Cornette. He somehow manages to stay relevant in 2019. I don't know how the hell he manages, but he does. So this past week, and I got to say, the NWA, they got to take some responsibility on this too. But this past week, uh, on uh, this week's edition of NWA Power, there was a match between Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch. Jim Cornette is doing the commentary for NWA Power. During the match, when he was trying to put over how tough Trevor Murdoch is, here's something that uh, Cornette said. He said, quote, he's the only man I've ever known that could strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. What he meant was he's tough and no one's going to touch him kind of thing. Uh, the editors missed it because the show did not air live. It aired after post-production. They missed it. They left the uh, the comment in. Of course, in this sanitized world we're in now, Sean, everybody took offense to it. And what was the outcome of that? Here's a screenshot from the NWA's website there. Do you have that, Nigel? Yep. Jim Cornette resigns from the National Wrestling Alliance. I'm sure that he was forced out. He was probably told to resign in yes, order to, in correct. order to, yeah, because that way they could try to make it look uh, like he's got some say over the situation. He was absolutely forced out. Uh, what do you think? To me, and, and we were talking about this off the air. This is very much like the Don Cherry story uh, that happened in Canada, and I'm not going to go into it because a lot of people don't know who Don Cherry is that watch this podcast. But uh, he was let go after being an NHL analyst for like four decades because of something he said that was construed as being racist. Jim Cornette now uh, forced out for that comment. What do you think? My opinion is that Cornette hasn't changed. The world has changed. And so uh, it's not really a place anymore for a Jim Cornette. So there's a lot here. And I mean, I don't exactly make it a secret. I try to avoid all the Cornette Russo related stuff. We don't run their back and forths on our website. We don't really do a lot of that, but from what I was told, this was kind of like the last chance for Jim Cornette. And the thing is, this should have never been an issue because it should have been edited out to begin yes, with. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yep. Should have been edited out. Does that make it okay for Jim Cornette to say it? No. As I was telling Nigel off the air, I get what he was trying to say, that he was tough. I think it had more to do with people being hungry in Ethiopia than black people being in Ethiopia. That being said, yeah, you're right. That's what it's supposed to be. Say sandwich, say ice cream, say anything besides fried chicken. And even then, still not a, not a great look. And, you know, I saw people that were like, oh, well, I guess you haven't seen the Starvin' Marvin episode of South Park. And I'm like, that was the 90s. And, and actually, that brings me to a point that you just said that. I, I apologize because I don't know who said this on Twitter. Somebody on Twitter posted a clip of a match. I believe it was Bob Backlund. 95. Yeah, Bob Backlund and Scott Steiner, I believe it was, from 1995. Jim Cornette is doing commentary. This is in WWE. He's doing commentary. He used the exact same line, the identical line, and that was, what, 24 years ago? So he's just kind of regurgitating stuff that he did then. But unfortunately, stuff that worked 25 years ago, you can't say now. Uh, and, And Don Cherry, a lot of stuff has popped up on Twitter over the last couple of weeks or the last week, I guess. Uh, from stuff he said 30 years ago, and people were like, how did he get away with that? That was 30 years ago, and you could get away with that, and you can't get away with it now. It's just the world we live in. Yeah, and Jim Cornette has his audience, and they, they like the edgelord stuff, and that's just that's just how it is. Did I think that line was okay? No, I didn't. I didn't like that line. I didn't like the— I didn't like him making light of suicide either, but, I mean, different people have different standards and guidelines, and 
there's stuff that I say that, that piss some people off, and I'm like, why'd that piss you off? Are you kidding, Sean? Really? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know everybody's. I don't know everybody's experience, and nobody else knows everybody else's experience. But just as obnoxious as the people who get upset about everything are the people who are like snowflakes get upset about everything. They are equally as obnoxious. You're right. And oh, it's just like. You're it's right. a case by case thing, and if NWA doesn't want to do business with Jim Cornette, that's their business. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, um, uh, I guess good on them for allowing him to, or you know, positioning it as a resignation. Good on them for that. But again, it should not have even made it through post production. So it was what it was. Yeah. I guess we'll talk about the Tony Khan tweets. <laughs> and I and I'm not going to lie, Sean. And again, you know me. To me, this is just a non-story. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how this has gone viral. I don't know how this has been picked up by like every wrestling news publication is talking because about. Because it's, it's because people talk about it. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. People are talking about it. I don't know how it's a big deal, but because people are talking about it, that's why I'm going to mention it. So uh, remember I, I showed that Punk tweet earlier when Punk talked about his first week on backstage and stuff. After he posted that, Tony Khan responded to it. Do you have that screenshot, Nigel? Yep. So the one on the top, this is in response to when Punk said no one is safe. Tony Khan said no one is safe. Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. Now, I'll start with Tony Khan's comment. You know, Sean, I always say, what's the benefit? I don't know what the benefit is for Tony Khan posting anything like that because you're going to have your pro AEW people that are going to pat you on the back and you're going to have your pro WWE people that are going to crap all over you. There's really no benefit. But whatever, he posted it. Randy Orton, you know what you should never do, Nigel? You should never Google somebody's name and then post something without doing the research. Oh, for yes. sure. Correct. Should never oh, do that. Sure. Good old Randy Orton did a little googly-googly on uh, Tony Khan's dad, came up with that article that he posted where it said Jaguar's owner Shahid Khan being investigated for corruption and uh, posted to try to take a shot at Tony Khan. Uh, once again, he didn't do his research. Tony Khan rebutted that. Do you have the rebuttal there or the, or the response? I thought you only tagged me in your post when you were grasping for leverage. That article is over a year old, plus is about baseless claims made about my dad years ago. That's the best you can do. Nothing. Meanwhile, in the time since that was written, you used the N-word on Twitch. <laughs> yep. Randy Orton did not reply to that, Sean. And I, yep. saw, I saw that whole situation, and I thought, okay, you know what? There was really no benefit to Tony Khan posting that, but he came out good on it, and Randy Orton came out looking like a schmuck. Yeah, but uh, lesson to lesson learned, people. If you Google somebody's name, do the research before you post the article. Yeah, so obviously, guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. It supports us and uh, in, in many different ways. But I've always got updates on stuff like this. I was told that, that neither guy was like really upset, upset about this type of thing. I don't think was, so. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Tony Khan was you know, wanted to clear the air about the thing that Randy Orton posted because. As he said, it didn't go anywhere. Yep. And I've talked to a lot of wrestlers, and it's something that I had talked to them about as far back as a month and a half ago whenever Fox was debuting uh, SmackDown. When that happened, that, that SmackDown debut on Fox, I know that Randy Orton had apologized to several members of the roster for his game stream comments. And one of the, the quotes that I was given, well, not off the record, but anonymously, was, uh, Randy Orton didn't mean what he said in a malicious way and apologized and meant that. Hulk Hogan did mean it in a malicious way and apologized for getting caught. So, I mean, that's, that, that can tell you where at least some of the people that I spoke to in that situation stand on that. But still, Orton said that yeah. on a game stream. That was public. And it had kind of went away a, a little bit. It not did, not oh, all the way. Are, so let me but, ask you this question. So are they suggesting that he said it in a similar vein to Vince McMahon when he did that John Cena segment on uh, television? I, 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 that comparison was never brought up, but yeah. I know that Randy Orton spoke to several people. I was told, told, I, I even asked Booker T, but I haven't got a confirmation that Booker T was one of the people showing him support in regards to the situation. But again, I got to say that Clearly, I have not confirmed that with Booker T, even though I've asked. But when you still got that looming overhead, that's always going to be ammunition that's there to use against you because yeah. Oh, yeah. You, shouldn't, you shouldn't say it. Yeah. You should never, ever say it. And I've got the hiccups. <laughs> uh, drink <laughs> but, some, but drink some of your monster energy. It'll go away. I'll tell you what else I have. 
some uh, super chats. Vincent Millage says, all NWA had to do was edit that joke out. You're right. As a biracial man, it made me kind of uncomfortable to hear that on a pre-recorded show. So dumb. You're right. Yeah, that's the thing. You gotta edit that stuff out. Yeah, whoever whoever did the editing, obviously they either weren't paying attention or they just didn't see any kind of potentially uh, offense in it. But I guarantee you that mistake will not happen again. Martin says, "Great to listen to listen, you boy, uh, in the U.S. for the first time without being up at a crazy hour in the U.S. Great job as always. We appreciate you, Martin." Uh, Anakin JMT says, S- "Hey JV, can we buy the SRS bobblehead? Uh, there is not one. That's that is not me. That is." Our Fightful Hall of Fame tier member, Alex Andresen, who actually just filmed a retro review with me for Bad Blood 1997. You all can catch that in December on FightfulSelect.com. He ponied up the big bucks. He admitted to me, well, intoxicated when he made that decision. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We should, we should probably explain the bobblehead at the start of every show until uh, the time lapses because I'm sure new viewers have no idea what the heck's going on. Yeah, he donated a very, honestly, quite frankly, a rib tier yeah. on Fightful Select. And he was, well, I say a rib tier, but you honestly, if you're like a sponsor or something, you get more than more than what you could possibly want yeah. out of that. But uh, yeah, and he could have gotten a cardboard cut out, but instead he said, hey, how about a bobblehead? And we were like, you know what? Maybe cheaper to make, maybe cheaper to ship. Why not? And we could put it right here in the middle. So I thought that was pretty cool. And finally, Justin Wally says, SRS, you did E-Feds? Which ones were you in? Uh, I was in EHWF, Jimmy, the Extreme Hardcore Wrestling Federation. That's creative. Uh, Yeah, I know. Rob Wilkins says, (laughs) on the McDevitt comment, I was kidding. However, I did look up a stat per New York Times. 92% of all potential suits and cases are settled. You think hey. I don't? You think I don't know what I'm talking about up here, Sean? I know what I'm talking <laughs> I about. I didn't send the comment. <laughs> I know you know what you're talking about because you have kept me from getting sued on maybe multiple occasions at this point. I can't remember. At least but, one that we know of. At least one. Yeah, at least one. And apparently they weren't that mad because they gave me this interview with <laughs> Mandy Rose. Take a look. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, SAP, Fightful.com, here with Mandy Rose. Mandy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I've been watching you since the Tough Enough days. Wow. Uh, yourself and Sonia, now you're a tag team. Uh, did you all maintain that friendship ever since then, or did it kind of rekindle uh, in the years following? We've maintained our friendship ever since then. Uh, Sonia and I hit it off during Tough Enough, right in the beginning um, at the tryouts actually before we were even um, announced on the show we just had so many similarities and um, we hit it off and we've just been best friends since and we've experienced the journey together which is really cool and we didn't think you know it was unexpected we didn't think we would but um, we're uh, super happy to have each other what was that tryout process like oof the craziest training I have ever been involved in and I've been training for a while now and in bodybuilding and fitness and stuff and it was just something I've never ever um, experienced before but it was great because it taught me a lot it pushed pushed me to my absolute limit and um, and yeah I'm actually grateful for it because it's like if I got through that I can get through anything (laughs) obviously you spent some time at the performance center in NXT although maybe not as extended run as many thought you would and you were brought up and kind of thrown right into the fire in the on the main roster what was that transition like for you um, it was tough. Obviously, we um, we didn't spend much time in NXT, but um, I the time I did put in was a lot of training and a lot of work, and um, I really I really trained hard and wanted to wanted to get all I all that I could out of it, you know. Um, so it was tough getting thrown into that, but um, anything I get thrown into, I just kind of like go with and um, just try my best, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna fail at certain times and you're gonna you know every day is a is a is a new adventure and um and a learning experience so 
who would you say helped you out the most uh, in making that transition as you adapt from you know, living in Florida, working at the Performance Center, to going on the road all the time? It's hard because you're kind of like always by yourself. Like, obviously, I would say Sonia, honestly, because we lived together in Orlando for a little while. We had that support. Um, we got called up to Monday Night Raw at the same time. So probably Sonia that we just were able to do it together and kind of get through that together. But you are, you know, you're alone a lot. You're away from your family and friends a lot. So you don't really have a lot of that support. You know, they support you back home and watch you on TV and stuff, but they're not always by your side. So uh, did you all push for the women's tag titles last year? Because there were rumblings, there were rumors and all that. Like, like what did you, what were you thinking as these titles were rumored? I mean, it was one of those things that we just didn't know if it was really going to happen. It was, you know, a rumor. You hear things, and then I was like, oh, I think it's really going to happen. I mean, look at the women, you know, trailblazing and just um, pushing down those barriers and raising the bar. So I feel like, why wouldn't it happen? So we were really excited when that was announced. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can see that full interview over at YouTube.com slash Fightful or Go to FightfulWrestling.com and click our exclusives tab. There's a lot over there, guys. We are doing uh, an awful lot of interviews for you guys these days. And I'm probably getting like 20-something next weekend because I will be in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, along with Jeremy Lambert, uh, pretty much our lead wrestling writer, though not an official position. He'll be there with me, and we're going to be getting a ton of content at WrestleCade. So if if you're there, let us know. Say hi to us. Uh, bias stuff basically is what I'm telling you. Are you gonna have you ever met him in person before? No, I haven't. It's my first time. Okay, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. You have I'm, to let, I'm let me know. Sushi, so he'll vomit like some of our other old employees. They didn't vomit, did they? Pretty much. For he real? Hurled, he hurled it up, yeah. Oh man. So I, I'll I'll tell people the story. So uh I took Sean out in Vegas with Andrew Thompson, who used to work for Fightful. And the first night, I took him to, like, a really nice steakhouse because I wanted to introduce Sean to uh, Kobe Beef. Yeah. Uh, Wagyu, actually. So we, I took him to a really, really nice steakhouse. The second night, I wanted Sean to experience a little bit of culture, uh, <laughs> which is funny. He comes from a small-town Canadian boy. But I wanted him to experience culture, so I took him to a restaurant called Koi, which is a, a Japanese place. And I ordered sashimi, and I ordered uh, uh, other stuff like that. Him and Andrew, they looked at it like it was some kind of alien meat. You know what I mean? The way they looked at it. And uh, they barely touched it, and I had to golf down all or wolf down he, all of this. He's from D.C. I'm from Maysville, Kentucky. It, it just wasn't for us. I mean, I'm from small-town Ontario, Canada, and I've had it all. But uh... Yeah, sure. You all, you all, I know what you all do there. You all <laughs> walk onto the ice. You all cut a hole into it. Oh, here we it. go. Here we go. You drop the, the fishing line down there, and you eat whatever snacks. Whatever comes up. <laughs> whatever comes up. There you go. Tire comes up. Uh, whatever. I'm hungry. Right? Legitimately, I will tell you this. Probably 10 out of 10 people that I've talked to from my my area – when they find out I work for Canadians, they're like, oh, I've been up to Canada without fail. It's for fishing or hunting without fail. There is a lot. I mean, always for fishing. I think that's kind of what got Brock Lesnar up to Saskatchewan. Yeah. I think. Yeah. The hunting. Uh, let's talk about Brandy Rose. Is there any truth that you know of to the rumors that uh, there were issues with her and Kylie Ray because she allegedly verbally abused Kylie Ray during a photo okay. shoot last July? So, OK, first off, this has been a rumor for a long time. And I, I've covered this at length on Fightful Select, and I'll try to give you all the catch-up as best I can. There, Kylie Ray has not spoken on why she left AEW. Neither has anybody else in AEW until Brandy Rhodes publicly denied that rumor. But well, I'll tell you what I have had. I've had 20 different wrestlers at least, or people close to them, that have told me five or six different things all of which have been backed up by multiple sources that claim they know. Now, these cannot work in conjunction with one another, so therefore it's completely irresponsible for me to have picked any one of those and ran a story without having spoken to Tony Khan about specifically why, or the people involved about specifically why, or Kylie Ray about specifically why. I looked at it as being really irresponsible of me to, to even run that, Unless Kylie Ray mentioned it. Now, this isn't a, oh, well, mind your business and leave her alone type of thing. It was journalistically 
just not a good idea to do it. But one of those rumors was that Brandy Rhodes had bullied her. Now, I was never going to address that unless Kylie Ray confirmed it or Brandy Rhodes commented on it. Brandy Rhodes commented on it. She said she didn't. I have not heard that from anybody in AEW. I want to make that clear. I don't know if it did happen or didn't happen. Mm. I've said this a few times. All Elite Wrestling's roster is still very much in the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. You, and I'm not saying that everybody I speak to is disgruntled because, Jimmy, you know you know who I talk to. And I talk to people all up and down a card, happy, unhappy, all that stuff. Yeah, you, right talk, now, to, you, you talk to the dick guy that was one of uh, Jordan Yeah, Lange's I talk to the and... dick druid even. <laughs> yeah, happy, yeah. happy as a lark, I'll tell you that much. I, I'm not getting a lot of people from AEW that are – really speaking out against the company at this point. It's not yeah, like no. really one of those things that's happening right now. No, and and I, I think you did the right thing because uh, until Kylie Ray says anything, with all due respect to Brandy Rhodes, whether she did it or didn't, she's going to deny it. That's just, sure. how, that's just how it is. And so until Kylie Ray says anything, I don't think it's fair to crap on Brandy. I also don't think it's fair to say she didn't do it uh, unless Kylie Ray says something. So I think you did it well, the right way. Literally, all we have to go on are rumors and then Brandy denying it. And yeah. I'll give Brandy some credit for stepping up and denying it because it's one of many things. And if it doesn't involve anybody, why Kylie Ray left, I feel really bad for a lot of people who have had their names dragged through the mud because of it, because there's a lot of that. Uh, Vincent Millage says, Who do you want to replace Jim Ross or uh, Jim Cornette on NWA? You know, the thing is, Colt Cabana's on the roster. I mean, he does commentary for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, would Ring of Honor let him do it? Is he allowed I to mean, do that? he wrestles for yeah. NWA. Colt Cabana's a good one. I mean, they need they need a color guy, right? Yeah, and he's he's a fantastic color guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could maybe use. He could be good on that. He's a good spo- He's a well-spoken guy. Yeah. Uh, since we're doing this on November 20, uh, this should be a very interesting Wednesday night war tonight. Should be very interesting. So God, these cards over on a, over on AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, they've announced Moxley versus Darby Allen. Uh, something called a Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. What the hell is that? I don't know, but I'm a sucker for battle royals. Okay, well they're doing that. Private Party versus the team I will never call Proud and Powerful. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm going to call them Santana and Ortiz because Proud and Powerful is stupid. I'll but, tell you uh, what, I, I've softened on the name a little bit since I since they explained it to Jeremy Lambert, which will come out, but it. It definitely doesn't seem like a heel heel team name. It's stupid. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to call him Santana and Ortiz. Phoenix versus Nick Jackson, which is interesting. I'm a little bit tired of the dynamic with those two teams, but at least it's a single. That's cool. Uh, and Chris Jericho is going to make a supposed huge announcement, which, uh, you know, it's just Chris Jericho being Chris Jericho. Now, I hope that it's that Soul Train Jones will be in his corner moving <laughs> forward. Now, this should be an interesting week because uh, NXT on USA, obviously they want to try to level the playing field when it comes to ratings. And so uh, Triple H on Raw this week, he basically said the doors are open. He invited WWE talent to come on down to the show as they're finalizing the Survivor Series uh, build. They've already announced that Revival are going to be there. They're going to take on Undisputed Era, uh, which is interesting. Now, I think they're killing the ladder match concept a little bit. They're doing another ladder match to determine uh, the advantage for War Games. This one's going to be Adam Cole, Dominic Dijakovic. A little bit too much with the ladder matches in back-to-back weeks, I think. But have you heard anything yet? And we're doing this at what, about quarter to seven Eastern time on Wednesday. Have you heard anything about who's there for WWE? No, not a bit yet. Okay. Okay. That leads us to Survivor Series. Why do you think Brock and Ray is now no holds barred? Do you think it's so that Ray can legally get help to beat Brock? Or do you think so that Brock can legally demolish Ray uh, en route to retaining the title? Why do you think they're making it no holds barred? Either or. It's a more open-ended match. I think, and I, I like that. I, I just can't wait for the match. I'm stoked for this weekend's shows. Some of these matches are going to be amazing, and some of them are going to be absolute trash fires. 15 people on three teams in a Survivor Series match? Okay. okay. I actually have that on the list as a separate topic. I was going to ask you, can you explain to me why they are doing three-team five-on-five-on-five Elimination tag team matches. They're, I understand the brand supremacy thing, and I understand now they got three brands and three teams. I get it. Problem is, when you have a five on five on five match and it's elimination style, it's going to be dumb because either it's going to go an hour, which it's not, or you're going to have all these really quick eliminations. 
And I remember when they did that in gauntlet matches where, you know, they, they're, they're pressed for time, so guys are getting beat by moves that they would otherwise not get beat by. That's what you're going to run into when it's a five-on-five-on-five on five on five, uh, uh, tag team elimination match. So I think it's going to be way too much, way too much. Yeah, but... I wish they would have done WWE versus NXT instead. They could have but, done that, yeah. I but, mean... I mean, the thing that I hate is I've been – they bastardized the brand split for a year straight That's now. right. And as as recently as this morning, seven hours ago, Triple H is like, I think it'll be more defined after this. And I'm like, will it really? Because the Royal Rumble is in two months. And then a couple months after that is WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have two matches right there that are cross-branded. They did the draft. Then they did Crown Jewel, interpromotional match. Survivor Series, interpromotional. Then they're going right into Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. It's it's very demoralizing to me to just see drafts and superstar shakeups and all this stuff and people just quitting and switching brands. It just I, makes sense of it. I thought the Survivor Series is the one night a year. Oh boy, yeah. And then whatever the rest of that stupid line is, they used that to say that tagline's gone. Yeah, they haven't said it. Yeah, they haven't said it. Uh, I want to talk about something Ember Moon said. Uh, because I really dug the backstage show. I dug how they uh, they talked, you know, uh, out of kayfabe. Uh, I don't even know if that's even a term anymore, but they, you know, they talk real life stuff, uh, and the people were honest. And obviously a guy like Punk doesn't give a shit. He's going to say whatever he wants. Ember Moon is a little bit different, but she had the guts to speak her mind, and I, I respected that. So the first thing she said on backstage was that she ruptured her Achilles, which sucks. She said she tore it off the bone, and she's out indefinitely. Uh, what I really liked her about her appearance is she was asked about stakes for the Survivor Series matches. And uh, she was asked about, you know, the whole brand supremacy thing, and is that enough? And she said straight up, no. She said, I don't, yeah. th- she said, I don't think it's enough. And she said, I think they should do something like maybe the winning team and the elimination tag, the five people are then put into some kind of a scramble or a gauntlet, and the winner of that gets, say, number 30 in the Rumble or something. Been saying, been saying stuff like that for weeks. Where's my right. pat on the back? <laughs> uh, the difference is that you were not employed by WWE, and you know how everybody's walking on eggshells around there. That's true. And that's why I look at Ember Moon, and again, because Punk, again, doesn't care. Ember Moon is different, and, and Punk's also a Fox employee. Ember Moon's a WWE employee, at least as of now. And so I thought it took a lot of guts for her to stand up there and say that she didn't, didn't think it was enough and that they should do something else. I, I really respected her uh, her doing that. Now, that brings me to, and we already talked about, the you know, there's not enough stakes and brand supremacy is not enough and all that kind of stuff. So far, we have seen Lucha House out there defending SmackDown <laughs> when they're not in the match and they just moved to SmackDown. Samoa Joe laughing about that was like the best laughing. part. Yeah, uh, Ryder and Hawkins defending Raw. We saw Cedric Alexander defending Raw. Heavy Machinery defending SmackDown. None of these guys are in the freaking match, Sean. Where yes. on Monday night, and I know people on social media said, oh, I think they had a house show. Plan shit out. Where was Roman Reigns? Where was Braun Strowman? Where was Baron Corbin? Where was Chad Gable? Because I won't call him Shorty G. And where was Mustafa Ali? Where were the guys that are actually in the freaking match on Monday night? It was stupid that they had these guys that don't mean anything defending the brand for the sake of defending the brand, Sean. It was stupid. Yes. (laughs) Can't really uh, say more than that, can you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was dumb. It was dumb. I had people caping for the dumbest shit. Oh, well, they travel with these guys all the time. What more do you need? I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley's banging Rusev's wife. Brock Lesnar <laughs> crippled Rey Mysterio's son. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, everybody else on the roster. No, I don't buy it. It doesn't make any sense at all. You know what I mean? What, what I say to you, no offense, if the street hot dog lady beats up Melissa, I'm not going after the street hot dog lady. All due respect to Melissa. Would you go she's after her? Fight that. That's a battle she's got to fight on her own. Would you go after the street hot dog lady if she pinned Melissa for the Fightful Championship? Yes, 100%. That's the, <laughs> and you know why? Because there are stakes involved there, Jimmy. Because there are stakes involved. Because there are stakes. And maybe hot dogs because I'm going to raise or I'm going to raid her hot dog stand after that. You know, Sean, I think it's about time that Melissa defends that title. Well, it's funny you say that because I think I'm going to start a quest to capture that title. It's going to take uh, probably at least one trip that I know that you're not going to pay for. I know that you're not going to let me expense it. So I'm, 
you might be seeing me around the office here soon. We'll see how it goes, but I definitely think she's due. So we'll have to we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. All right, on the heels of this brand supremacy, uh, supremacy garbage, I guess we're going to go to stupid people. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. All right, after this, if you go to FIFOSelect.com for The List Goes On, where we're going to have additional topics, we are going to talk about the AEW full gear buy rate uh, and what that means. We're going to talk about Bill Goldberg. We're going to talk about uh, Mr. Oni Lorkin, Filthy Tom Lawler, Brian Kendrick, all of that on uh, The List Goes On on FIFOSelect.com after that. Okay, Sean, I got some good ones for you again. Would I only have to get three? It's so easy to get good yeah. ones. Let me ask you a question. This first one reported by Post Media on November 6th. Do you know what mukbang is? No. Nigel, Nigel's no. Per, Nigel's a pretty well-read guy. Do you know what mukbang is? Yeah, I do. Of course. Freaking Nigel knows everything, <laughs> man. He knows everything. So mukbang is a term where they combine the Korean words for eating and broadcast. And what, oh. mu- and what mukbang is, if you can believe it, Sean, it's a live stream in which vloggers film themselves eating large quantities of food while interacting with their viewers. Okay. That's what mukbang is. Uh, there is a 22-year-old girl out of London named Sharna Rowley. Uh, and this sweetheart wants to be the UK's first mukbang star. This girl quit her job so that she can focus her time on consuming thousands of calories of fast food to strangers on YouTube to see how charismatic this wannabe mukbang star is. We have a clip. Put up that clip, Nigel. Mm. I love it when they have dumplings in that. Mmm. This girl thinks that she is going to become a superstar, you know, a financially secure person uh, doing mukbang videos on YouTube. What do you think, man? I've seen people get famous for dumber shit. <laughs> well, you know what? All I can say is this, and you guys both know this. There are so many people in this world now uh, that, and we're talking millions, they want to be Instagram influencers, they want to be esports superstars, they want to be YouTube stars. Millions and millions of people want to do this, but the percentage that actually make a living doing it, it's small, Sean. You know what I mean? Yes. It is small. I heard of a, a, a percentage, and I don't remember what it is, but Nigel might know, a percentage of high school students, I think it might have been in Canada, whose aspiration is to be an Instagram influencer. And it was a double-digit percentage of high school students that their their goal in life is to be an Instagram influencer. Show. Eventually, there's nobody left to influence. Nobody left to influence. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big mistake. And uh, I got a, a story about esports related. I'll tell you next week maybe if I feel like it. But, oh, okay. uh, but that was that. This next one, this is reported by CBC News on November 13th. <sighs> People, Sean. People. <laughs> So back in 2001, there was a man out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. His name is Chris Matthew. He made a bet with himself. <laughs> you got it? He made a bet with himself. So it's, it's like Rod Farva in Super Troopers where he's like, I just lost a buck to myself. Similar. But this okay. was uh, the, the stakes were greater in this situation. He decided that he was only going to wear shorts and not switch to pants until his beloved Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian Football League won the Grey Cup. That was in oh. 2001, Sean. It has been 18 years. He's still waiting. He's been wearing shorts 24-7, 365 days a year. Uh, CBC News covered this. We have a clip, and you got to listen to his wife in this. Put up this clip, uh, Nigel. I thought it would be over before anything stupid, and it wasn't. It's not like I'm really outside. Uh, if I have to st- go outside and shovel snow, I'll put long johns on and shorts over top of that. There are places we can't go to. 
uh, like a nice restaurant. We have been walking down the street when it's been very cold and I have a fur coat and he's in shorts and people stare and I just assure them, yes, he's an idiot. So just so you know, the average temperature in Winnipeg, Manitoba over the months December through February is about minus 17 Celsius, which is about one degree Fahrenheit. And that is before the wind chill factor. Dumb. Isn't that unbelievable? Dumb. Why, Nigel? Uh, 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 uh. What a goddamn dolt. <laughs> <laughs> this last one, you're going to like this one too. Nigel's going to like this. And I would bet money Nigel's heard this one. Okay. So this is for the SRS file. This was reported by the Australian on November 17th. Get this one, Sean. Try to picture this, all right? So in early 2019, something was passed through Parliament in Australia called the Medevac Laws. Nigel, do you know what the Medevac Laws is since you know everything? Do you know what the Medevac Laws is? No, I'm not 100% sure about Wow, this I got them on something. Yeah, yeah. So basically, this, these laws allow doctors to decide which sick patients can come into Australia for, from uh, other countries for treatment. Okay. All right? They can decide if the patient is sick enough, and they can choose to bring them in. This has come uh, under fire in Australia because a man from Iran who had been detained in New Guinea since 2013 because he was seeking asylum. So he had been detained in New Guinea since 2013. He is now one of these patients who's being transferred to Australia for treatment due to this medevac legislation. What is he being treated for that has caused the outrage, Sean? His dick fell off. He botched a do-it-yourself penis enlargement. Close. (laughs) By injecting himself with palm oil. And now he's going to undergo a very expensive genital reconstructive surgery in Australia that is going to be that is going to be completely taxpayer funded. Oh, wow. What do you think of that, Nigel? That's that's something. Oh my God. <laughs> These stories are so good every week and they're real. I do my due diligence. I bet them they're real. They're good every single week. Jesus. I want to ask you. <laughs> they're so good. These stories. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, today, November 20th, Triple H did his, uh, his uh, typical media call that he always does. Poor Sean Ross Sapp. Didn't get to answer a question because Mike Johnson wanted to make sure he got in seven. So uh, Sean didn't get to ask one. But uh, I want to ask you about this. He was asked about talent requesting their releases on this call. Uh, Triple H said that if if he has an issue with someone, he will go to them. He won't go to Twitter. That was what Triple H said. I have to say I agree with him. Uh, I think that the talent that goes to social media, they're doing it for attention. They're doing it for support. They're doing it because they think that it's going to light a fire under WWE. There's going to be negative publicity, and maybe it'll lead, lead to uh, to their release. I think that it probably ends up with the opposite effect. I think WWE uh, gets soured on that, and it makes them want to hold on to the guy even longer when they when they go public about wanting a release. What do you think, Sean? What do you think about uh, what Hunter said? At the very least... It gets them a vacation, a paid vacation. They're off the road. Look but, at look at Oni Lorcan. He's been off the road. Look at Luke Harper. He was off the road. Look at all these people. Uh, Sin Cara, off the road. So if they don't like their job, they, they don't have to do it anymore, and WWE's still paying them. Wasn't Mike Bennett off the road already when he came public about it? Not really. He, he wasn't was... working much, was he? And and because the storyline had kind of run its course, they hadn't put him on TV in a bit. And uh, Luke Harper, he was coming off an injury and sitting at home, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, Mike Kanellis, he was wrestling up until September 24th, and now he's not. When now did, he's. When did he come out and say he wanted his release? Uh, I'll look, but uh, but I mean, all these people that they're just not on the road anymore. Yeah. I mean, I know some guys. October kind of... October fourteenth. So it's been a couple weeks, not not like an extended period. We're talking about the weeks following the U or the the SmackDown debut on Fox. So I mean, maybe there just wasn't a lot for him there. Mm. Maybe, maybe. Uh... And also, also worth noting, he wrestled on the September twenty fourth episode of SmackDown. The next week, he was not in the draft pools, so like he wasn't even eligible to be picked. Yeah, and we all know how important that draft was. Mr. Baron Corbin going in something like the 24th round, 
And yeah. now and now he's in the main event program on SmackDown. So that yep. was uh, that was great. That's all I got for you, bud. So like I said before, if you go to the list goes on at Pipe Select, we're going to talk about uh, the full gear buy rate. Going to talk about Baron Corbin. I was going to talk about uh, Oni Lorcan. We kind of already did, but I'll mention it. Bill Goldberg, Filthy Tom Lawler, the Brian Kendrick. Uh, PipeSelect.com. The list goes on. Yeah, guys, if you want to do us a solid, leave us a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe and comment on this video. Tell us your top story of the week. Tell us what you want to see more of, what you want to see less of. We do listen to you. Unless it's something that Jimmy likes, then we keep it no matter what. Yes, we do. (laughs) That's just how it's going to be. (laughs) Until next time, (laughs) we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.